You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. If you will, be turning your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26. And while you're getting there, I just want to say, Brother Jake, I appreciated that this evening. You know, we should all answer the call when called. I can still remember that early one morning up all by myself during my quiet time when I was reading in the book of Ezekiel chapter 3 and I got to the words right there in chapter 3 where it said, Moreover, and he said unto man, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll and he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll and that I give thee. Then then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And I will never forget that moment, sitting there in tears, just me and the Lord. And ever since then, that scripture has been an encouragement to me. Because I know that was a moment that I had with my God. That no one can ever take away. The devil's tried to get me to doubt, and the devil's tried to get me to get discouraged at times. But I know where my help cometh from. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Because as we're going to read in Acts chapter 26, we're going to read about a man named Paul. And the book of Acts is a literary work, so it's hard to cut into the middle of a chapter or a paragraph because they are so long but we're going to start at verse 19 and read on down to verse 28 and while and then we'll just talk and fill in the rest but the author Luke would write to who to open well help if I get there all right to open their eyes and to 19 I'm sorry here we go Starting over, verse 19, chapter 26. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem, and there out all the coast of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, and to turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For this cause the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doeth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For these things was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Will you back back up to verse 22? Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue 
unto, unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. If you will, will you pray? help me pray this evening? Lord, Father, God, we... We just come to you as humbly as we know how, God. God, I know I am not able to do this on my own, so I'm asking, God, that you will anoint me, God, to deliver this word. I'm asking, God, that you will open the ears and the hearts of your people that we may hear and that we may receive. And I'm asking, God, for the grace to apply these truths to our hearts, God. God, and I'm just asking, God, that you will continue to move and meet all the needs of your people, God, and that your will will be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I read a little bit more this evening than I normally would. But it, like I said, it is hard to cut into the or read the whole chapter and cut into a story that is over a chapter long. So what we are reading here is right there whenever Paul is fixing to be sent off to Rome. He's fixing to have to go stand in front of Caesar to give an account for the charges that was set before him. And he's having to do this because he told the king and the governors, or should I just say that he told the governors that he would, if he was going to be charged for the things that he is accused of, he wanted to stand before Caesar because in that day, in that time, the Jews could accuse you and threaten you all that you wanted. But if you was a Roman citizen, which Paul was, he... You could say you wanted a trial and stand in, stand in front of Caesar. It was not something that was often done because most of the time people did not want to stand in front of Caesar because there was not a whole lot of latitude for error because Caesar had the authority to do whatever he wanted to with you. But Paul felt he was backed into a corner with the Jews accusing him and what <clears throat> to set the time frame and set the setting. We have... Agrippa and Felix. Felix and Agrippa, they were governors, and Agrippa was coming out, and he was just fixing to take over. All right? So we have Felix that was the governor, and he was sitting there, and he put, because of all the distress, all the accusations that was brought up against Paul, he put Paul under house arrest. This is where we get our prison epistles, because he had gave Paul the latitude and leniency to carry on and do that which about the house that he wanted to. He just was under house arrest. And this carried on for two some odd years until Felix came in and began to or Agrippa came in and began to take over Felix's job. And Agrippa had to hear this story because the Jews, after two years, would not leave it alone. So Agrippa's wondering, why are we still listening to this? Why has this not been settled? So they called for Paul and said, Paul, will you give us your statement? And if you know much about the book of Acts, you know this is actually... Paul's third time to stand and give, or this is the third account, should I say, his second time of giving the account, but third total of his experience he had with God on the road to Damascus. It was the third time we read about it. 
You know if it's that important. We, there's a few things we should be able to learn about it. For one, I know that it was important to Paul because there in chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, we read about it the first time, and then we see Paul telling about it in chapter 22, verses 1 through 21. And then here in chapter 26, verses 9 through 23, we read about it the third time. We read about it, and each time we read, we learn a few more details and a few more details about his encounter he had with God. But most of us all know his encounter, right? We know that he was sitting here, as he said here in chapter 26, that he was a Pharisee. He was as straight as a Pharisee as what there could be. There was none other that knew the law better than Paul. There was none other that had more zeal than he did to persecute the church. There was none other that thought that he was doing the right thing for God. All while he was not doing the right thing at all. He was persecuting Christians. He was he was livid towards them. He did not want them, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to spread any further than whatever it had already done. So he went and got a letter to be able to detain and to persecute anybody preaching the name of Jesus. And with this letter in his hand, he began to make his way to Damascus. And we know the story. He got stopped because there was such a bright light. It knocked him to his knees and he went blind. There was people with him and we know that God began to, or Jesus began to talk to Paul in the Hebrew tongue. He begins to talk to him and the guys with him could not hear but they could see the light. He was blinded. First time in Paul's life he that we see he was at his weakest point. Because if you think about it, if you read his story in the Corinthians and throughout his epistles, you see that he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was raised up wealthy. He had everything that you could ever want. He was a person of means and a person that always had the best of everything. But whenever you accepted Jesus in those days, everybody rejected you. And on that day, on the road to Damascus, he fell to his knees. And he said, What have you me to do, Lord? Or who are thou, Lord? And Jesus said, It's I, Jesus, the one that you persecute. Why do thou kickest against the pricks? We know the story. He was being convicted of all the things that he had been doing. You know, he was standing there holding the garments while they stoned Stephen to death. He was standing there and seen it. He was sending people to prison. He was more than likely helping stone people at one point or another. He was zealous for the law. All while blinded for real this time, but blinded to the things that was written in the Old Testament prophets and Moses talking about Jesus but he accepted a calling that day he got saved that day he got saved and it was a moment that was turning his life around we know he went on had to be led all the way into a street called straight street wait there for one named Ananias to come and lay his hands upon him so that he may receive his sight. Do you know 
here in chapter 26, he's telling the governors this story. He's telling the governors all this. He even says, you can go and ask the Hebrews because they know I'm not lying about who I was. And he said this with such conviction, such power, that Agrippa said, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. Almost. And you say, why is Paul telling this story? Because if you know anything about Paul by now, this is towards the end of his ministry. He's already been on what most scholars will say three missionary trips and some scholars will say four. He's already planted more churches than anybody around. He's already witnessed miracles beyond things we've ever seen. He has seen people healed. He has seen times wherever people would bring him a handkerchief and he would pray over it and they'd take it back and they'd be healed. He has cast out demons. He has done all these things. But the thing that he led to tell, felt led to tell Agrippa was his first encounter with a man named Jesus. More than likely... That's one of the most powerful witnesses or experiences you've ever had. That time you met Jesus for the first time. And I can tell you, there's a lot of people that know the name of Jesus. There's a lot of people that think they're all right with Jesus. There's a lot of people that think they're going to heaven, but they really don't know Jesus at all. And I can say that from experience because I went 30 years or so thinking that I knew Jesus. And in reality, I didn't know Him. I knew Him in name only. I knew Him in action only. I never had the relationship with Him that He desires to have with you. Never. You say, get on with your title. Okay. I said all that. Because as Jake said, he said, Brother Jake said, answer the call. We look where Paul answered the call. I told you where I answered the call. Once you answer the call, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. But I'm here to tell you, there's no better life than living for the Lord. There's no better life than what you are able to do for the Lord. There's no better thing that you can do than answer that call. There's ups and there's downs. There's things that you're going to see. There's going to be times that you mess up and you feel like you're hindering more than helping. There's going to be times that you have put both feet and both mouth or hands in your mouth and you're just sitting there looking stupid. All right, I have before. There's going to be these times. There's going to be times you feel overlooked. There's going to be times that you feel like you're on top of the world. But there is no better life than living for the Lord. There is nothing better. I've searched the world, Brother Shay. I've searched it. I've been there and I've done that. I've, you name it, I was rotten. I was bad. There wasn't nothing out there that even remotely come clo close to Jesus. But you know... How good my Jesus is. I hope I'm not boring you tonight. Some of you have heard this story. Some of you have not. But it's been in my spirit all week. 
because it's been an encouragement to me. Because about 20 years ago, I'm older than that now, about 25 years ago, I was in a little Baptist church, lost as a goose, but I knew you had to say the sinner's prayer and be baptized. Because that's what they taught. So that's what I did. I said the sinner's prayer and I got baptized because that's how I got to heaven. Nothing changed, nothing. But they did give me this Bible. This Bible, it's not very worn. I mean, all the pages are still good. It's some 25 years old. And some of you have heard, but do you know God, before He calls you, He knows exactly what He's calling you for? Do you know He knew you before you was in your mother's womb? He knew the mistakes you was fixing to make. He knew if you was going to accept or if you was not going to accept. But He was being a just God. He's going to give you the chance to make that choice yourself. He may know what your choice is going to be, but He knows that He's allowing you to make that choice without anything from Him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's the God that you serve? Do you believe that He is the one that knows who He's putting where? He puts every member within the body as He pleases? Do you know 25 years ago when I got baptized, I was not saved? Many people say, well, you said the sinner's prayer, you was baptized, you were saved. No, I wasn't. I was as rotten after I got up out of that water as I was before, and I was only 12. Hey, there's things in a 12-year-old's heart that needs change too. A lot of anger and a lot of things. But you know, they gave me this Bible. And then, long story short, my dad and my stepmom, she left in the middle of the night and we was, they was divorced and we never went back to that church. So we moved up to Annieville and we began to live in Annieville. We was living there this Bible made the journey with me. I never used it. I might have read it every once in a great while because as soon as I was able, I was gone out of the house, sleeping on people's couches, here a while and there a while, doing whatever I wanted to do. But somewhere from that time when I left the house till I was... 33 years old. This Bible that you see ended up into a church in Annieville. Now, mind you, I never went into this church. Never stepped foot in it. And it sat on a shelf in that church for 20 years. 20 years while I was drinking, I was going from Bull riding to bull riding. I was going from house to house. I was doing anything I wanted to do. And then I got married and the wife was settling me down. I was still not saved. But there was always something that kept me thinking about Jesus. You know that the calling of God is without repentance. Do you know, even when you're not saved, He's going to be dealing with your heart? I can testify to that. 
Do you know this Bible was sitting on a shelf for some 20 years waiting? Waiting. I didn't know I was going to come to this church, sit right back there close to where Brother James is sitting. One night when Pastor was preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, something I didn't even believe in, and I was going to get saved and then walk up here and all of a sudden be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know what it was, but I was speaking in in an unknown tongue. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't know anything about it, but all I knew is I felt something like I had never felt before. I had felt the person in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I had felt that, and I have never felt it like that. Because when you're not saved, you're not saved. I've been into many churches, been in many different denominations, and never heard anybody preach under the anointing. Never heard the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was in a Pentecostal church once or twice. I thought it was a little bit weird. I'll just be honest. But I did. I had never felt it. You say, get on with it. All right, I'm moving on. But you know, Paul's words, he said, he had some help. I got saved. A little while after that, I was sitting at my bar in the house, 5.30 in the morning. I had a zeal and a hunger to learn everything about God that I could, about the Word that I could, because at this point, I had already figured out that half of what I knew wasn't right and the other half was just what people have said. So I I didn't know anything, but I began to study the scriptures. I began to try to look and find out what was truth. What was the truth of the gospel? Because I've done figured out it's not in the denomination. I've done figured out that half the thing, because I was told my whole life, well, you can drink a little as long as you don't get drunk. You can do this and you can do that. But by my, my word, whenever I picked up that kind of bush light and opened the top and stuck it to my lips and I couldn't even take a drink because of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, I knew something was different. I knew that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit was real. I knew that what Paul was or that the Gospels was talking about when he said I will send another was true one that will be able to help one of the same that's going to lead you into all truth guide you into all truth he is going to be your help and to teach you all things pastor didn't tell me drinking was wrong and even if he did I'd probably tried it anyways Because we're stubborn like that. But you know, I answered that call. And I began to teach, preach a little. I began to go to prisons and rehabs. And the whole time the devil was sitting there beating me up. He had a target on my back. Do you think you're going to do a work for the Lord uncontested? Do you think you're gonna, the devil's just going to let you go be a witness without trying to hinder you? Do you really think that it's going to be that easy? I did. Whew, little did I know. 
But you know what kind of God we serve? One that when you're sitting there in one of your low moments, you don't actually understand whenever you've only been saved a few years and you've not been raised in church, you don't really understand the tactics of the devil until you're flat on your back and you're wondering if you, what Jesus or what the Lord told you through His Word is even right. What if you was wrong? What if you didn't do, if you messed up? You can't even talk in front of people without stuttering. You can't even do this. You can't do that. You, you don't know how to handle yourself. You don't know how to do any of this. And the devil's telling you all that constantly. We arrived at school one morning. I remember it. Lane was 16 years old. He was sitting there. We were fixing to go take his driving test. Jennifer walked Cole into school and come back out carrying this Bible. She got in the car and she said, do you know what this is? It's a Bible. It's your Bible. Well, my name's on it. Do you know what happened? This thing sat on a shelf for 20 years. 20 years in a Baptist church I had never been to. It sit there for 20 years with my name on it and then just happened. At one time I was allowing the devil to beat me up. At one time I was ready to throw in the towel. She walked out with a Bible saying, this is yours. What's the chances of a Bible sitting in a church that you had never been to for 20 years? And then on the day that you are at one of your lowest points ready to throw in the towel, it gets given to you and said, here is your Bible from 20 years ago. (laughs) You want to know all the thoughts that rush through my head? How about that one time whenever I was about 13 years old and the people that was pastoring the Baptist church, and I don't know if I've ever told this part, she was a substitute teacher. She was substituting at... Hoxie Elementary School. I was sitting there. I was doing something. I said, you know I'm going to be a preacher one day? She said, not acting like that you ain't. (laughs) I promise. I said, okay. (laughs) It come back to my mind. It come back to my mind how a God knew exactly where I would be at this exact moment to need some help. It brought back to my mind, how in the world does God know 20 years in advance where you're going to be at today? What battle you're going to be facing today? Do you think He made a mistake when He called you? Do you think He made a mistake when He asked you to go out and preach the gospel? Do you think He made a mistake when He called you to this church? Do you think He made a mistake whenever He said, Get up! And go preach. Go be a witness. Go talk to that person. And then when you're beating yourself up like I was, do you think he made a mistake when he sent someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, I'm praying for you? Do you think he made a mistake whenever he sends someone to encourage you? I'll just be honest with you. I've done lost my notes. I got the utmost respect for Pastor Steve. He has put up with stupidity, immaturity, 
And I'm talking about myself, not y'all. <laughs> he has put up with a lot of things, helped me through a lot of things while I was trying to get, allow the Lord to mature me. Because I got a little bit of a late start, so I felt like I got rushed through a few things to have to get caught back up. But what I learned is just as Paul, hey, you know you are able to shout. Do you know you're able to shout and be happy? Because having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. Will you pull that back up, Abby? Verse 22. Verse 22. Let's read it again. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. I'm not going to preach anything but the foundation. I'm not going to preach anything but Christ and Him crucified. I'm not going to preach it if it's not in the Bible. And I can promise you I have tried my best to search from Genesis 1 and 1 to Revelations 22 and 21. I've searched and I've looked and I've found Jesus. That's what I have found. I have found faith in a sacrifice. I have found a faith in Jesus. I have found a person that says, I am. I am the great I am. If they're wondering who I am, just tell them, I am. That's who I have found. I have found the one that's able to help. I have found the one that is able to cure. The one that is able to give you the strength when you don't know if you can carry on. That's who I have found. I ain't found someone that was bound by denomination. I ain't found someone that wasn't able to meet the needs of your people, of his people. I ain't found one that had any limitations at all. How ignorant of the church thinking that they can put God in a box. He created all of heaven and all of earth and all that which is within. And yet we want to say what He can and can't do. I believe it can make you speak in an unknown tongue if He wants. I believe it can heal you if He wants. He made you. He made every language on the face of the earth. So why can't I speak in all of them? Answering the call. Allowing the Lord to change us, to humble us. Do you know what I see in Paul's life? I see someone that was so puffed up by religion, he was ready to slaughter anybody that named the name of Jesus. And throughout his ministry, I start seeing, oh, the wretched man that I am. Oh, God's going to draw out a few things in you. God's going to allow you to go through a few chastisements and trials to get you to see who you really are so he can use you in a greater way. He's going to begin to take you just like he did Paul whenever Paul was saying, oh, 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 who should save me? Who should save me from this body? Who should save me? But what we see at the end of Paul's ministry, I have fought a good fight. It's funny he said that, I fought a good fight. You're going to have to do some fighting. You're going to have to do some fighting, church. You're going to have to start getting, or I'm going to have to start getting a little bit of, what would the word, a little bit of boldness to me sometimes. Because I'm still just a little timid when it comes to some things. I'm still just a little timid when it comes to groups of people. Or surely you're not. Yes, I am. I'm not perfect. I'm timid. I get a little bolder. But he said, I fought a good fight. 
I have finished the course. I'm ready to finish the course. I'm going to fight that fight. Because I know because of the words of Paul, right here when he was standing before the governor, saying, I continue unto this day because I have the help. God's going to send you what you need. He's going to give you exactly what you need. Church, He's going to give us and sustain every need we have going into this building program. He's going to give us everything that we need and then some. Because our God is faithful. And I believe that. I believe He is more than able to meet each and every need of not just the building but the church itself because something growing and doing a work for the Lord, that means the devil's going to try to do a few things to try to discourage, to separate, to divide, to do all these things to make you feel like you just cannot even be a good person in church. He got quiet. How do you know, Brother Wes? Hello? It normally happens here first. But I said all that, and I'm not... I said all this to try to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight. If God can bring me a Bible that sat on a shelf for 20 years to encourage me and give me something I can look back on whenever I'm discouraged and bring back in my mind all the things He has done for me. You know the times I get real discouraged are the times I'm not even looking for the things that God's done. I have sat, I'll tell on myself, I have sat in my living room floor in the middle of night saying, God, I know that I know the message of Christ and Him crucified. Am I even believing right? Because nothing's changing. I know my face in Jesus but it feels like I'm going nowhere and I can't do nothing. God, why? He's trying to get you to a place that you can say, I don't know why, but I know my God. I know my God has a purpose and I know that I will not quit. And if I don't quit, He won't quit. I want to leave that with you tonight. Brother Jeff, verse 22. If you ever need some encouragement, think of Paul's life. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. He didn't even let being in prison for two years stopping because he continued unto that day. If you walk by him in his, while he was under house arrest, he'd be like, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what my Jesus did. Unto the small and the great. It didn't matter who you was. You could have been the one sweeping the floors and he was going to say, let me tell you about Jesus. You could have been the head over everything. He would have said, hey, come here. Let me tell you about Jesus. I bet you there was a change in that place. I bet you there was people around shouting at times. There was people singing glory, glory, hallelujah. 
Because he continued to witness to the small and great, saying none other than the things which the prophets and Moses did say. He didn't try to puff them up. He didn't try to do anything other than tell them what the Old Testament Scripture said. People say oftentimes, well, I can't find the words. You don't have to. Just tell them about Jesus. Read after Paul. He would speak these things. And the people would shake with conviction. They would tremble. And every once in a while, he'd come up to one that said, I almost believed. He said, I wish to God that you would believe. I wish that everybody that heard my voice today would almost or would believe. Because he was determined to preach Christ and him crucified. He knew at this point where his help was coming from. He hadn't even been shipwrecked yet. He hadn't even been bit by a snake yet. But he already knew. Because he had already been warned not to go to Jerusalem. Because he was going to find shackles. But he was bound by the Spirit to do that which God had called him to do. Because he was a bond slave. You might be discouraged tonight. I don't know. You might be going through something. I don't know. You might have a calling on your life that you don't really know what to do with. You might be afraid to talk in front of people. You might be afraid to be a witness to people. You might be like I was and not know how to handle the attacks of the enemy. But I come here to tell you tonight, you have help in a man named Jesus. Don't give up. And don't give in. If you'd stand with me. And Brother Jeff begins to sing. I just want to open the altars. If you need a little help, a little boldness, whatever it may be, the Bible says to ask and it shall be given. If you need a little help, would you come? Would you come gather around the altars? We'll pray one for another and believe in the Lord. All alone and broken hearted Trying to calm the raging battles in my mind In search of many answers That my troubled heart Just couldn't seem to find Well, I saw flowers blooming Where there was no rain or sunshine Rest of my life. I 
If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.